Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course the music. It's the 50th episode of this podcast. Whoa. <laughs> when I started this pod, I had no idea that I'd keep going for as long as I could, and it's so amazing to have created a whopping 50. And it's easy to do when you have bands and people involved in music that are so motivating. Like, this weekend I saw Pool Kids, who I featured on the previous episode, and it was just so incredible to talk music and booking shows with Christine and everyone in the band. That's the best part of doing this all, meeting the people who are motivating me and so many others that take part in the DIY community with an unapologetic push for inclusivity for women, LGBTQIA+, and people of color. So thank you everyone for listening, tweeting at me, sharing episodes with your friends, I feel like every time someone tells me how much they love a show, that just pushes me to add more and more episodes. So here's to 50, 100, as many episodes as possible. So speaking of people who are supportive, this week I'm joined by the songwriter and longtime listener, Mary Keckett. Mary, who is based out of the Cleveland, Akron area, talks about drawing from her childhood songs to release titled Pre-13, her room, her love of the Donnas, the local scene, and playing shows with awesome bands. Mary is so much fun and really shares so much of what she loves about music. So, without any delay, let's dig into the interview. Hey, 
thank you for joining me this evening, Mary. How are things going for you? Uh, good. I'm tired, but I'm good. <laughs> hey, that's still good to hear. And you're based out of Cleveland right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. There's so much good music over in Cleveland. Some of my favorite bands have come out of there. It's It, it fluctuates, but it's always... I mean, there's really like a stagnant line, but it, it right now it's like starting to like climax even more than usual, and it's great. And I'm including Akron with this too because it kind of melts together a little bit. Oh, that's exciting! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've always enjoyed the Midwest for that reason because yeah. it just seems like whenever bands start to really peak and the scene really starts to just like grow, you see a whole burst of bands coming forward. So that's so awesome to hear. Oh yeah. Well, I'm excited to be able to talk to you about your music and projects and stuff and podcasts or something that are kind of familiar to you, it seems like, with <laughs> Write Songs, You Idiot, and The Gray Estates. <laughs> yeah, it's really random, too. But, yeah. <laughs> How have those experiences been for you? Uh, they've been good. Write Songs, You Idiot is uh, my buddy, John Rogers. Um, he started this thing, and I'm like, I'm going to obviously use my friend. I'm going to support him. So I've been supporting him through the whole thing, and um i would think i was on his second episode so and then i've been back i've been on there twice and i claimed uh ownership on being the one to ho- like host when he was like the guest on it so um i yeah so it was, it's it's been really fun and yeah and then great estates that was wild i never like thought i'd ever be asked to be let alone on this podcast but also on that podcast and it's like i guess i guess i'll do it <laughs> so <laughs> that's so fun and like Lauren's such a sweetheart one of my favorite people to keep up with on the internet that's for sure great <laughs> yeah and it's funny because I, I mean you mentioned before we started recording about how you've wonderfully and patiently followed this podcast pretty much since the beginning so yeah. <laughs> I've seen you on my radar for so long and I'm just like I, I've been I've been listening to your music I'm like damn I need to get around to talking to Mary this would be so much fun so Thank Can you I so ask, much for joining. Of course. Can I ask how you found it? Like, other than just I follow things on the internet, or is that just it because I happen to follow you? Or You know, you started following me, and then I got curious. I always like to check oh. out who's following me just because it's like sometimes I stumble upon really brilliant artists like yourself, and oh. then sometimes <laughs> it's like, I don't know, I just end up with this really cool goofy spam account, and it's just, <laughs> it, was, it was perfect that I found you, and it was like, this is great, so. Wonderful. Well, that's good. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know how I would get on, like maybe if I like, we're not really local with each other. You're in no. Cleveland, so it's a little harder. So I was like, don't play shows out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's the magic of the internet. I think honestly, I play shows out on the internet. I guess I don't know. It's perfect. Oh my gosh. Well, I'd love to be able to talk to you for sure about like the music that you've been working on and stuff, but you know, to kind of kick it off, uh, how did you first get involved in music? Like when did you begin to pick up your first instruments and tinker around with music? Well, I started uh, playing the flute in like fifth grade. Um, Before that, um, I would like just you know, sing like everybody else. Before that, though, like, I was listening to, like, the Monkees a lot, and, like, I listened to a lot of other bands, or not really bands, just, like, whatever was on and whatever, but um, I had, like, a toy guitar that I would, like, mess around with, and I, like, started writing, quote-unquote, songs with it, which really, I don't know how, how I wrote songs with a plastic guitar with fake strings that wasn't tuned, but I wrote songs, I actually ended up finding him, but that's a whole other thing. Like the lyrics actually written out 
that's a whole other thing. But um, I started playing flute in the fifth grade, basically. And I was in like concert and marching bands from like the time I was 10 till after like end of college, basically. So, um, but yeah, that's how I got started in music, like playing music. And then I got a guitar, like an actual real, not plastic guitar. <laughs> um, uh, like, I think it was 13. Like I just turned 13. So it was Christmas, um, 2003. Cause I just seen Josie and the Pussycats. Nice. And I was like, I guess I want to play guitar. And so I got an acoustic guitar and I'm like, I don't like acoustic guitar, but I guess I'll learn. So, <laughs> so yeah, I didn't at the time like acoustic guitar. Cause I'm like, I want to be one of those girls who plays electric guitar, like Josie. <laughs> <laughs> So I just, it went from there basically. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the electric guitar can feel like you're more of a like serious musician, like more of that band feeling for some folks. So for me, it was like, a, I hate to admit it, but kind of like, um, uh, well, I don't want to be like every other girl. I want to be like the boys kind of BS, you know, um, just because I think at the time in my head, I thought there was a stereotype with women and uh, the acoustic guitar. And I'm like, I want to go against the grain. So, which, I mean, it's been beneficial to me, but now I actually like acoustic guitars and I wish I would have gotten over that so I could maybe perfect playing the acoustic guitar too. But that's how it was, unfortunately. So, <laughs> Damn the patriarchy for doing that to us, seriously. Let's just blame all of it on the patriarchy. It's true, though, because we end up with, like, these, you know, social norms that it's like, oh, yeah, girls should only play acoustic guitars, and then people feel like they have to somehow be better or different, and it's just like, just let people enjoy things. Exactly. (laughs) It's wild. Well, what made you kind of, like, start to fall in love with acoustic guitar again and want to pursue that a little? Well, um... (laughs) I kept thinking to myself, like, I started just liking, I hadn't played the acoustic guitar since maybe beginning of college, and that is because my, when I got to, and mind you, it's like a crappy first act, like, Walmart guitar, because my dad's like, well, I'm not going to buy you, like, like, a real legitimately expensive guitar if you're just going to give up on this, and so I, I understand and appreciate that, but um, I brought it to college with me, and it fell flat on its face on the ground and it split from like um like just the bit like in the back it's like it's still held together but like the neck and the body were split like it was just glued on in a weird way and I tried fixing it a couple years later it didn't work out so I'm going to scrap it like I'm going to like for parts and stuff but um so I didn't have an acoustic guitar uh until maybe I want to say it's going to be like two years in this Christmas that I like bought myself a new acoustic guitar. Um, because I'm like, I, I kind of like the sounds and I like the ability of being able to go back and forth. And there's just something different about it that you can't obviously get with an electric guitar. So I bought one um, after like getting back because I hadn't played guitar much throughout college. And when I got back into it towards the end of college, I was like really beneficial if I had an acoustic guitar right now. So yeah. <laughs> no, that makes sense, because, like, one of the things I appreciate about, like, acoustic instruments in general, like, acoustic guitars and ukuleles and such, is that there's almost, like, this natural um, hollowness to it, where you can kind of just explore so much sound and energy, and it's just, it, it, it's very rich and natural sounding. Oh, yeah. So, that must have been fun to play around with, too. Oh, yeah, and I've only, like, played live with it twice, but it, it's fun. Um, one was, like, on, like, in a parking deck like near where I went to college and one another one was at a 
just an acoustic show um, around like Black Friday, and it was more fun than I expected. So, yeah, that's that's good. <laughs> that's so awesome. Well, what musicians were you kind of listening to as you were learning to play music and writing music that kind of just like inspired and influenced you, even just to keep playing and practicing? Um, when I was like in high school, major one was the Donnas. Um, they were one of the first rock bands, one of, one of them that really got me, but I was like obsessed. Like I was one of the Donnaholics. Like that was an actual fan club that existed. (laughs) Um, and I wanted to be Allison Robertson really bad. And then Slater Kinney, who I got into right before they went on hiatus. And then I like cried the moment that I like, this is back like, before MySpace was a thing, so you actually had to, like, go to their website and refresh and, like, check their news, and I would check it every day. I'm like, let's see if they're going to go on tour or announce a new album, even though The Woods just came out. Oh, they're going on hiatus hiatus, and potentially never getting back together again. All right, I guess I'll cry over this. Oh. Yeah. Um, and then Letters to Cleo's album, Aurora Glorialis, was on heavy rotation when I was in eighth grade. And then Bikini Kill, too, so just those guys, all, all those bands um, were on heavy rotation and I just used to not even like half the time try to play the music, just like hold the guitar in my hand and be like, yeah, I'm them. You know? <laughs> like mimic. That's good. Yeah. Those are all such like really great and empowering acts to kind of want to mm-hmm. em- emulate in that sense. And, you know, did you ever try to learn any covers of any of those songs that they wrote or? Um, yeah. Like a, a handful of the same bands. Um, and I didn't mention Sahara Hot Nights. They don't get a lot of recognition, but I loved them. Um, I actually still, I only remember like one of those songs anymore. And it's um, the Donna's Take It Off. I can play this like a half-assed version of the solo from that. It's like my warm-up thing now. But um, yeah, I learned, tried learning a lot of Donna's stuff a lot. And recently I learned how to play like a Slater Kinney thing, but yeah. That's awesome. Uh, do you have any people that you're listening to a lot right now that kind of influence you with your songwriting? Recently, it's been Charlie Bliss and Diet Sig because Ooh. all the type, yeah, because all the type of stuff that um, I've always wanted to write was that style of music. But everything that comes out tends to sound more like dreary, dreary and emo boy than it does. <laughs> than it does like bouncing around on stage, which is what I emulate in my head, but not necessarily what I do when I um, perform. I've only recently gotten myself to be able to like just move and sway back and forth. So mm-hmm. I'm mind you, I'm only by myself. So if I had more people with me, I'd be able to get out of my comfort zone but yeah (laughs) no that's good and like you can kind of ease into that kind of stage presence and diet sig is so much fun to watch and the music is just very personal and fun and i feel like a lot of your music kind of has some of that vibe to it at times too because oh yeah (laughs) especially the personal elements i think that part is one of the things that definitely stuck out to me which one uh the personal elements to your music and such oh yeah 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 (laughs) It makes it really special. Um, how would you describe your sound? Uh, <laughs> I never even know how to describe my own genre, so I'm just going to use my usual joke, which I think is actually pretty accurate. And it's uh, soda pop, pop, soda pop, folk punk. I think it's the joke or something like that. Because <laughs> it sounds like soda pop, but then it's also kind of folk, folky. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I can see that. Kind of all over the place because I don't. Some people like to stick to a specific sound, and I appreciate that, and that's, you know, usually what people prefer. I don't like to stick to a specific thing. I think it's more fun not to limit yourself and just to see what you can do. 
um, not limit your, like, I don't want to say limit your potential because, you know, everybody has their own, like, whatever. But um, for me, I just, it's more convenient, more comfortable for me if I'm more open with what I'm trying to do than, because it feels like I'm limiting myself if I try to do, like, one specific type of sound. So, yeah. No, that makes sense because it's like you've done things like, play on keys whenever you're mm-hmm. developing your most recent music and with like poppy seed and stuff. Oh yeah. And uh, particularly I love tiny mattress, by the way, that felt like such a beautiful, like I felt like I was like in a snow globe with you, just like very personal intimate. It was really cool. I literally wrote those in like five minutes, recorded them and then just posted them. I have barely even revisited them and I'm not even like a keyboard player. I just like played it on a whim on my phone. That's fun though. I love that. Cause I'm, I'm thinking about translating it to like acoustic guitar or something. But. Oh, that would probably be beautiful too. Honestly, it's just like, just the, it felt very intimate and maybe it was because you just like wrote it, played it, recorded it all in like one go. Maybe that was what made it feel so raw in that sense too. Cause it, it feels like just that perfect amount of urgent and exciting. And it's, it's cool that you just instantly put stuff out like that. Thank you. I wasn't sure how I felt about that. And I almost deleted it from uh, Bandcamp recently, but I didn't because I'm like, well, then that one person who bought it wouldn't be able to listen to it again. So I was like, I guess I'll keep it up here. <laughs> I love it though. How did you kind of go about, you know, penning that and putting it all together? So one of my friends, um, does this thing called anonymous otter and I don't know if it's still going or not, but they'll, they have, they put like the login information for the band camp and you record something and you post it without putting like who wrote it or anything. You just post it and it's under this one thing for anybody to listen to. And I was thinking maybe I'll, I'll like dabble with this type of sound and post it up there and see what it is. And I'm like, you know what? I like it a little too much to put it on there and, keep it anonymous so let's just throw it on there or on on my personal one and just go from there and see how it goes so that's really neat so what comes to you first usually the music or the lyrics in your writing usually the lyrics um I can be usually I'm not like near a guitar or any or an instrument in general when I'm thinking of lyrics um most of the time I'm just out either with friends or at work or something and I'll have to like jot it down or like type it in a memo or something on my phone. Like the other day I was at a friend's concert and I was just texting myself like half the concert um, lyrics, like lyric ideas that I had just for um, a feeling I was having um, just about age, about about aging and all that stuff. Um, So uh, yeah, most, most of the time it's just lyrics and then I either go home and immediately and try to write something or I just save it for later until I can think of a, a rhythm or, or a, just some kind of cadence to go with with it so oh, that's awesome I, I appreciate that I mean just as a writer sometimes I'll jot things down and save them for later and sometimes I revisit it and add a little more and you never know what's going to come out at the end so oh, yeah. <laughs> it's really awesome that you end up with all these really good songs I'm definitely enjoying them a lot <laughs> Well, thank you. <laughs> so my listeners can't see the room that you're in, but you have this really freaking cool room. And all, I, this is my childhood room. I still live at home. <laughs> no, but <laughs> when I moved back home after college, I'm like, well, I might as well like 
go full on right now because like I have a really small room, but I have, and I'm not like, I don't have like a ton of stuff, but I have a lot of stuff because I've always been a collector of stuff. Yeah. So what you're seeing is like Star Wars thing and a TARDIS thing and an Audrey Horn from Twin Peaks. And like, I just like pop culture and then I like collecting music stuff and I love art. So you can also see my sunglasses collection. <laughs> I love it. It's awesome. And like, I don't know. I think that's probably, I don't know what I was picturing, but whenever you wrote like tiny mattress and stuff, I just pictured this really cool, like eclectic room. And it's kind of <laughs> cool to actually see the room. I'm sorry, y'all. You probably won't ever see this, but it's, it's just really freaking cool to have that all kind of come full circle as a, as a song listener in that sense. So. Well, I'm currently sitting on that same tiny twin mattress that I wrote. That's beautiful. I love it. I love it. Well, I love how many different, like, just subject matters that you kind of start to explore. But, like, one of the things I had fun unpacking, you kind of started to allude to it earlier, was your pre-13 <laughs> album. That was the coolest thing I think I've ever found as far as music goes because it's, like, you compiled all these lyrics that mm-hmm. you wrote between ages 5 and 10 yeah. and recorded them. That's really cool. What was that project like for you? Um, it was exciting. Um, I had found a couple years prior to recording that I had found the lyrics like in my attic, like in a folder, because I've always been like, I have to keep everything together just in case like somebody in the future finds my diary and wants to write a movie about me. And I never really kept a diary, but I'm like, well, maybe I'll like, you know, someone will find this someday. Well, I was the one who found it. So um, one day my, my best bud and I, my, my buddy Walt, shout out to Walt. Um, we were sitting, we were hanging out before, I think it was the first Cleveland emo night, actually. We were sitting here in the same room and uh, we recorded like videos of me like reading them off. Um, laughing the whole time because I purposely not read them since I was those ages, but I remember distinctly like the, the titles of them and I rem- remembered like it being like around that age range um, uh, that I wrote them and I'm like this is great I remember like some of the um, like the the melody that I was going for with this I had to find the cassettes because I'm pretty sure I recorded them at some point when I was a child because that would be a very interesting thing to hear but uh so I was like all right well I'll sit down one day maybe in the future when I get around to it I'll write some like half-assed guitar parts to it and then I'll record it and that's what I did I wrote like I took time like maybe one or two days I don't really remember exactly because that was over a year ago I think that I released that um but I released that not too long after I recorded that uh, and just was like, let's just, let's just do this. I mean, who else? I never heard of anybody doing that. And I've only had like really a few people tell me that they loved it, but it's been really reassuring. Cause I, I think it's the funniest thing um, to find something that you did when you were a kid and um, see how it can somehow influence you or um, how you grew from it like till now, especially when you can like work with it in a way, you know, like I worked with it now, something that I wrote 20 something years ago at that point, it was like when I recorded it, I was 27. So, um, yeah, that was like 17 to like 19 years ago. So I don't know. I'm rambling at this point, but (laughs) no, that's awesome. I mean, I'm literally, I went through and I looked at like the lyrics to songs like, you know, whatever and weird and all this stuff. And it's like, you were a pretty great songwriter as a child, like lyrically for sure. Cause I'm just like, okay, 
Thank you. These, these, these read like, a, like lyrics from like any band I could be listening to right now in that sense. Like, damn. Well done. You can thank Radio Disney for that. <laughs> Because I remember distinctly listening to Radio Disney and ha- hearing a couple of ads come on where they were, like, talking to, like, Jump 5 or some, like, BS, like, pop uh, act from the early 2000s or whenever it was, I don't know, late 90s, talking about, like, uh, song structure. And I'm like, okay, verse, chorus, verse, cor- whatever. And then around that time, also, I was, like, looking up lyrics on dial-up internet. So <laughs> I kind of figured it out from there, so... Damn. Kind of helped. <laughs> well, that clearly worked because, I mean, the songwriting you've done as an adult and in that era is just, it's so well done. The structure is fantastic. So I'm a fan, that's for sure. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite song that you've oh, written? That I've written um, in general or from pre-13? Because I don't remember any of them. For, well, maybe I do. I don't remember. But you mean in general? or Yeah, in general is good. Uh, that one, one of the ones that I have up there currently, uh, Endless Bummer is probably my favorite one. I love that one. I, I usually end my set with two of the songs that are currently on Bandcamp and it's that Beyonce song and, uh, Endless Bummer, Endless Bummer first, um, because it's like the catchiest one. And I usually have people coming up to me being like, it's in my head now. I'm like, good. (laughs) It is really fun. And I love that song because it's like, it feels very realistic with approaching people mm-hmm. and how to like a lot of this song is just it seems like you're willing to kind of determine what kind of like whatever kind of relationship it's fake is like good for you in that moment or not and that's so freaking cool and like you said it's catchy yeah <laughs> I had that guitar part and I'm like I can't let this one go it's one of those like few times where I was like I came up with the guitar part first before I came up with the lyrics or maybe I had those lyrics written before that I don't remember but like I wrote it apart from the lyrics. Like, I didn't have the lyrics knowingly in front of me at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, I can't get rid of this chord structure. I have to save this for whatever. And then I either came up with the lyrics eventually or I had them and then, like, melded them together. But, um, yeah, because I had that endless bummer line in my head for the longest time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love it. Well, I'm a f- I am love that song, and I'm hoping someday I get to see that one live because it's it's so catchy. Hopefully. <laughs> Fingers crossed for sure. Yeah. Well, speaking of live shows and such, what's yours typically like? And you have favorite songs besides Endless Bummer that you like to play live? Um, usually it's just – well, actually, always it's just me. I haven't um, gotten around to working out full band stuff yet. It is, like, been discussed, so it's not like – never going to happen or anything but it's at least been thought about um usually I just have my electric guitar and some pedals I don't use loop pedals or anything like that I just go and play like just yeah I just play through it um and yeah that's pretty much it I just set up some pedals and I play my guitar um and then uh my favorite one to play other than that is that Beyonce song? It's called. <laughs> the song's not about Beyonce because she's flawless. And um, at the end, it's a little bit slightly different now when I play it than it is in the recording mm-hmm. because I added some pedals on and I kind of do this crazy to me feeling breakdown at the end, which is why I end my sets with it just because of how it like resonates. Um, but because of how that resonates, that's probably my fa- one of my favorite songs to play other than Endless Bummer. Nice. That's cool. Have you. Um, 
experimented more with different parts or pedal loops with other songs with your live show or um well i've never done stuff with with loops so i've never messed around with uh loop pedals before um just messing around trying to figure out for whenever i eventually like record a full band thing um i'll mess around with different pedals at each show um just to see how the sound feels naturally with the song um Mm -hmm. A lot of the time, like, I keep, like, a list of, like, specifically, like, pedal or this setting for a pedal or whatever for a song. And um, whenever I feel that it's perfect. So I've gotten to that point with most of the songs already. So, yeah. That's exciting. (laughs) Awesome. Um, You've played a lot of really great shows with really awesome lineups and stuff. Like, you've played with Remember Sports. Yeah, that was my – not my most recent – third most recent that was probably one of my favorite shows ever yeah I had some pretty great shows that was probably one of my favorite ones because everybody was like perfect everybody was so nice like the the crowd was nice the the people were like everybody involved was nice um uh everybody sounded perfect it was one of the best things I loved it so much that's so awesome yeah that lineup looked amazing and then you know remember sports is such a great band I love seeing them play those kind of shows too. So that's, Mm -hmm. it's fantastic that you were able to be on that lineup as well. Oh yeah. That was exciting. Cause I had just gotten into them. Oh, perfect. Uh, Yeah. And so when they asked me to play it, I was just like, yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) You got me. (laughs) That's so awesome. I love it. Yeah. I'm such a big fan of slow buzz and uh, mm-hmm. I, I can't wait to be able to see that live. Unfortunately, they're not going to make it down to Florida until uh, next year, but I'm counting the days at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I remember they, they announced that they were playing when, when uh, the bookers and everybody uh, put up the event for that show. I was just like going instantly. Like I got the invite invite from the guy who does the booking um and I was just like yes going definitely like sometimes usually I'll put interested or whatever and I'll worry about it later but um to going and then like a few I'm like it'd be really cool to play that show but if I don't that's okay I'm still gonna go and then like a few hours later I'm like sitting at work and I get the message that's like hey you want to play that I'm like yes <laughs> that's so cool yeah. damn it's like you sent a vibe into the universe for that one <laughs> I tried <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> that's so cool I love it do you have any other favorite, like, people or musicians or bands that you've played shows with that you get really excited about? Oh, man. I'm trying to remember all my shows now. <laughs> Luckily, I keep a list of everything. Okay, I will keep a list of every show I go to and every show I play. Um, and then I keep, like, a list of all the bands that I've seen, too, so I can actually refer to it later for, like, instances like this. So I'm going to pull up my <laughs> games played with list. Uh, <laughs> Um, I think over a year ago I played with Looming, which was exciting. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Uh, there's a band that's no, that's a defunct Ohio band called Tomado. They're a defunct Cleveland band, but they're, they're one of the best bands that came out of here for the longest time. Um, gosh, there's so many, there's so many people that I could like name up. I did, I played with Yowler almost a year ago. That was amazing. There was, like, nobody there to see me, so that was fine because I did not play my best set, but it was still a really fun show to go to. Um, I usually – I play a lot of shows with friends, which is really, really, really great. Um, so most most of those guys, too. But, like, um, Bitch Seat and Sonder Bombs and stuff like that. So 
That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've had a lot of really great opportunities and such. And mm-hmm. like the Cleveland scene is so cool and Akron and everything out there in the Midwest is just fun to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of the scene out there? Uh, it's, like I said before, it, like, it, like, fluctuates. I mean, there's always still, like, something great out there, even when it's at, like, a low point. But, like, right now, it's, like, hitting a climax. Like, it's insane. Like, I was at – I played a show this weekend on Saturday in Akron called Porch Rocker. Um, they set up around uh, the Akron Highland Square neighborhood where uh, – for blocks, they had everything blocked off, and uh, there were vendors everywhere, and then people provided their porches and let uh, musicians who signed up uh, play on the porches. And we oh, had, wow. like, one of the guys who uh, helped set it up, uh, he made sure that, like, a lot of the, like, Akron DIY kiddos were all, like, within, like a, like, a couple houses of each other, so you could just go and ship back and forth between the two houses. Um, there's a lot of support, I feel, from the scene I if I don't know if it's more or less than other scenes because I don't really have anything to like um compare it to and I totally forgot what your question was so I'm rambling (laughs) no you're not you're telling me everything I want to know because I I was just asking about the scene so yeah 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 it's it's pretty great and um it feels like it's um starting to like be more than just the sad emo boy stuff all the time like it's feeling like it's finally like accepting a little I mean it's still got ways to go definitely um but it feels like it's growing more and more and I can only hope that it keeps improving because while it has ways to go um I feel and I hope that we only have up from there so no, that's exciting, and it's always fun to see the next chapter of a DIY scene start to mm-hmm. cultivate and grow, and I'll definitely be keeping my ears close to, you know, that entire, like, Midwest scene in particular with it being in, like, Cleveland and Akron and all that. It's fun, so oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's exciting. Well, I like to throw this kind of question at the end that's a little bit trickier. I'm sure you're familiar with it. I think I know what it's going to be. <laughs> So tell me, so tell me, Mary, what are your uh, three bands or artists that you would like to play with, resurrect them from the dead, or they can be active right now? You'd think that I'd be prepared for this question seeing as I listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to throw out their um, Madonnas. They're going to be yes. fine with that. Um, I don't know what's going on with them. I think they're still just broken up or whatever, but they never made like an official announcement. So I'm just going to say resurrect them from the dead. And somehow one of their, their original drummer had to leave because she had, she got tendonitis because she learned how to play drums on her own. Didn't learn how to hold the sticks correctly and got tendonitis. Ah, yeah. So I would bring in my, in my resurrection thing, I would bring her back if she would be willing. <laughs> 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 um, and then, this is kind of out there, but it's mostly because I grew up with them, um, the monkeys. Mm-hmm. But Jones back because he is no longer with us. Um, uh, and then I don't know who the third one would be. I'm just gonna pick. Um, an, mm, I'm like between like a whole bunch of indie bands that I like because really there's no like specific third answer. I'm just wanna pick. I just wanna actually like narrow it down to one. But um, I'm between like. Slingshot Dakota and Ch- or Charlie Bliss right now. <laughs> I can't choose between the two. I'll um, let you have a fourth one then, so you can have them both. <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> yeah. 
my wife. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure Carly would love to be able to play with somebody like you. So I oh, definitely could see Slingshot Dakota happening. <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying that for years, Carly. Let's do this. But booking <laughs> 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 yeah. goes, you know, however it goes. Not my thing. So absolutely. <laughs> well, I like to send vibes out to the universe, particularly the active bands that you end up on the rosters and stuff. So it could happen. I know that these Charlie Bliss and like uh, Slingshot Dakota are pretty reasonably active, so those are those are definitely possible options for you. So, all right, if you're listening, make these shows happen, please. Well, I'm not playing the Charlie Bliss one when they come to town. They're playing with Bitch Seat, which is still a really. They're playing with two local bands, Bitch Seat and Punch Drunk Tagalongs, who I am going to sh- get a shout out to, and you should highly, I'm or I highly recommend. They're amazing, and they're opening, or not opening, they're playing with them in September. They're going to be playing with Charlie. Oh, awesome. Cool. Even though I can't play with them, at least, like, the two power hit, two of the biggest power hitters in Cleveland are are doing it, so. That's awesome. (laughs) Well, I love how supportive you are of, like, the other people in your scene and stuff. That's so cool, and definitely going to check out those bands. I try not to let it get to me, because sometimes I'll, I'll take things personally, and I'm like, why are you taking this personally? Like, I just get paranoid about every little thing. I try not to let it get like get me personally. Bleh. Try not to let it uh, get me personally because I know it's not anything personal. They are full band. It's easier to book a full band kind of thing for that kind of thing, or that's more of what you want to get for that kind of thing. So, anyway, yeah. <laughs> no, that makes complete sense. I get where you're coming from. Well. Um, speaking of which, you know, uh, what are some goals that you have for your, yourself over the next year with your music? Uh, ideally, um, uh, every time I try to do like a full band thing, like a practice or whatever with like some of my friends, uh, it just gets pushed back cause we all have lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so ideally that'll eventually happen. <laughs> and then we like, I have pretty much, um, everything written, give or take for like an album or an EP. I don't care what I release. I just want to release something um, as long as I feel it's cohesive at when it's all said and done. Um, eventually release a full uh, full band thing. I already have the name for whatever LP or EP that it is, but I want to eventually release something. So um, like actually professionally recorded <laughs> is ideal. Like I'm not picky with that kind of thing. I just want to get something out there into the, into the world and yeah. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. Do you want to tour at all as well? Uh, maybe like I've never actually toured. I've only ever played like this air, like Northeast Ohio area. I would mm-hmm. like to go at, at least a small tour, like, um, like even like Chicago or like, I haven't even played Columbus yet. Um, I would like to play there, or, like PA or New York, like even like a small thing like that. But, um, eventually yes i would like to do it <laughs> that'd be awesome well i'm excited for you to begin to branch out with both your music and on the road it sounds like so much fun and i'm excited to see you just continue to grow mm-hmm. thank you <laughs> absolutely well where can everybody keep up with you on the internet um my band camp is my last name so k-e-k-i-c dot bandcamp dot com um, my Facebook for my music is my name, Mary Kekik. Uh, just search on there and you'll find the, 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 fa- the Facebook fan page. Uh, eventually, whenever we start recording and release stuff, I believe that we're going to be calling the outfit um, uh, Ceramic Pets. Uh, 
So I made a band camp for that currently so that we can claim, like claim our stakes and or whatever the phrase is. I don't know right now, <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to follow that, you can, um, there's no other like online presence for that. Uh, I usually don't advertise my Twitter, but I guess I will right now. It's primary with two Y's. It's just a personal account. Um, I usually just rant about whatever BS is going on in my head or like political crap or Sailor Moon or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) So, and then uh, my personal Instagram you can follow for now is evilscience13. Um, And then whenever, like I always post about my shows on there and stuff too, so. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I mean, we just have to make sure if they're local to you, get out to a show and yeah. that would be awesome. Support, support on my behalf until I can get my behind to Cleveland. Yeah, I have, I can't announce them yet, but I have two shows in October coming up. So those will be announced shortly. So if you pay attention to my social media feed, one of them is like, holy hell, <laughs> I'm excited for it. Um, so I can't really say it on air yet. Cause I don't know when they're going to announce it. Um, but yeah. So I have two shows coming up in October so far that I know of. So That's awesome. Well, that's a huge tease. So everybody go follow yeah. Mary on social media, like, now. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much, Mary. It's been awesome. Of course. Thank you so much. <laughs> heard the incredible Mary Kekik. Thank you so much to Mary for sharing so much about her songwriting and her support for the podcast since the beginning. Mary has some awesome shows coming up, including with Thin Lips. If you're in the Midwest, do not miss this awesome show. I'll have an event link in the show notes for you all. That's it for this week, but you can always keep up with me online. Follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for regular updates. Subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Google Play, Pocket Cast, Overcast, and more. Want to tell me what you think about the podcast? Leave a review on any of the apps. I'd love to hear from you. I'm always booking guest spots, so hit me up at angrygirlmusic at gmail.com. Whether you write and play music, run a blog, take photos, work on publicity, or book shows, this can be a space for you. Send me a link to your work and let's chat. If you're in the neighborhood of Gainesville in October, come check out the very first Angry Girl Music of Any Rock Persuasion live show. 
Check it out at 4.30 p.m. on October 27th at the Hippodrome. The event is free to all festgoers and about 20 bucks for walk-ups. Come hang out. I'd love to meet you and talk tunes. And stay tuned for upcoming guest announcements. So until next time, stay angry and dance around to Mary Kekic's tunes. I said